This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. When I lived in Montana, our family built a house perched on a hill on the north edge of the Gallatin Valley, about 18 miles from Bozeman. It was a stunning panoramic view. I mean, I could see seven mountain ranges surrounding the valley, and I knew that Sacagawea or Sacagawea and Captain William Clark had walked within a mile or so of our house as they headed east from the Three Forks in the Missouri River to meet up with the Yellowstone River on the return trip from the Pacific Ocean. I could also see the East Gallatin River about half a mile away below our house. Now mostly I saw the brush surrounding the river, but here and there I could see pockets of water. The East Gallatin was a small river that, quite frankly, stumped me. I mean, from the air, it must have looked like a piece of ribbon candy. And with all its twists and turns, the water seemed to slow to a crawl, that the current uh, was so slow. Uh, The surface was glassy and that meant the fish were spooky and I always preferred to drive to the main Gallatin a few miles away or to the Madison or the Yellowstone River. But one September day, I finally had a fine day on that river. Uh, It's one that was etched in my memory and that's what we're going to talk about today. One fine day on the East Gallatin River. And maybe there's something that you can relate to or something that will uh, just inspire you to get out there and maybe even try a river that's been a little bit frustrating. So what was your very first memory of the day? You know, I'll never forget that day. It was a rainy drizzle, and uh, that's not what we usually had in Montana. I mean, it felt more like Portland weather, Portland, Oregon. You lived there for quite a few years. It was a rainy day, just drizzly. The temperature uh, hovered around 40 degrees, and uh, I think that's the thing that stands out uh, the most. So, you know, early afternoon, I, I drove from my church office a quarter of a mile back to our house on the hill and uh, loaded my fishing gear in the back of my red Toyota truck. So that, that's, that's what I remember first. Did it continue to rain throughout the day? Yeah, it did. But, but at various times, uh, that drizzle turned into snowflakes. Wow. And, and I, think that, I think that added to the mystique of the day. What time of year was it, did you say? Uh, it was September. It was yeah, September. Yeah, about mid-September. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so snow that time of year, for sure, that can happen. Yeah, I know. And, and it really didn't add up to anything. But uh, there were some times that day, some periods of uh, uh, very pronounced uh, snowfall. You mentioned the word mystique. Like, what do you, like, what do you mean by mystique? Yeah, well, I guess there's that uh, Sacagawea Clark piece, and I'm kind of a Lewis and Clark history buff. In fact, I don't know if I told you this, Dave, but I I started writing a historical novel on the Lewis and Clark expedition. (laughs) Hey, what are you laughing at? I am not Uh, laughing. No, I... I at you or near you? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're laughing with me? <laughs> with you, yeah, oh, man. exactly. Well, you know, I had read Jeffrey Shara's works on the Civil War. He did some kind of historical novel thing, and I, I really enjoyed that. Honestly, I think I could have done it if I would have had time and if I would have started about five years earlier. But I'm, I'm fishing at this place. It's rich in history. And, you know, Dave, I don't think we've really talked about this before, but 
but I'm assuming you, you know what I'm talking about. You, you felt some of that mystique, haven't you, with some of the water that you fished? Yeah, both the water I fished and the places I've hunted. Yeah, yeah. With upland game or waterfowl, which is most of what I've hunted throughout the years. But in thinking about water that I fished, there's a place that I've mentioned before. I think, I think we've even done one fine day at Harrison Flats. Right, yeah. Which mm-hmm. is a small lake in the Collegiate Peaks wilderness. And it is just, you have to, it's just a hike to get there. It's just a lot of work to get there. And there's actually no map when you go to the trailhead. It wow. You know, it doesn't even say Harrison Flats 4.5 miles away. It says another lake. There's a mystery to finding it, it as well a as a mystique. To finding it, yeah. <laughs> but it sits beneath the three apostles, which are the Continental Divide. They, uh, they're part of the Continental Divide. And it, it's above the timberline. So one thing I love about the lake is that you can cast for you know all day and not worry about your back cast. Yeah, but no it's, kidding. it's really, it's so unbelievably beautiful and the reflection of Mount Huron that you can get in the lake, which is to the east. And you're just seeing elk up there. And I just, it, it's, a, it's one of my happy places. It's one of the hardest places to get to. But once you're up there, and then once you're up there, you worry about, oh, yeah, I got to go all the way back down again. Yeah. But no if you can spend a day or two there, it's just amazing. But the mystique of the place is just so real and so, so, I don't know, what's the word? Um, palpable. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. That's a word or not. Oh, yeah, it yeah. is. You know, that, that might be a good podcast topic sometimes, just thinking about uh, the, the mystique of the, the rivers we fish. And that wasn't the, the point to focus on that today. But I, I think that's one, of the, that's one of the ingredients for a fine day on the river where you're, you're fishing something that, that uh, yeah, you can kind of feel it. There's that, that palpable sense of, uh, yeah, I guess that can come from any number it's of things. It's almost an otherworldly dimension. Yeah. I think about yeah. that when we did one fine day at Quake Lake. You know, Quake yeah. Lake mm-hmm. had that same kind of mystique. Oh, it really did. It really did. All right, we're talking about one fine day in the East Gallatin River. But before we continue, here's a brief word about our sponsor, Dr. Squatch Soap Company. We recently heard from a listener about a great use for Dr. Squatch Soap. Besides using it in the shower? Yes, this is an addition to uh, grabbing it when you're in the shower. So this friend is a guide, and he told us he's planning, think of this, to put a bar of pine tar, which is one of the types of soap that you can buy with Dr. Squatch. So the pine tar soap, he's going to put one of those in his... um, clothes drawer so his hunting clothes smell like pine oh that's brilliant that's brilliant so here's the secondary use of dr squatch yeah. soap yeah oh man that's a lot better than the skunk scent i used to use when i bow hunted for white-tailed deer uh yeah that's a that's a great idea the, the smell of these bars of soap really is something I, i'm a fan of the pine tar bar but i really like the smell of the bay rum the the cedar citrus and the nautical sage and i really like the spearmint basil as well so go to drsquatch.com fill up your shopping cart with some bars of soap some shampoo maybe even some beard oil put yeah, in yeah my son uses the beard oil he oh, really he does? likes it That's yeah awesome yep, he does just put in the promo code two guys and you'll get 20 percent off do it today drsquatch.com Well, now back to our discussion about one fine day in the East Gallatin River, north of Bozeman, Montana. Okay, Steve, so what do you remember first that day when you hit the river? 
Yeah, well, when I got to the, the river's edge, I noticed that the trout were just feeding like crazy on uh, blue-winged olives. And you, you can't mistake that fly, those translucent blue uh, kind of wings. And they were fluttering on the surface, and uh, there were rainbows just rolling in, in, the, runs, in the run that I, I saw. So I, I tried to stretch a river that day that I hadn't fished before, and the, the ranch owners, the Skinner brothers, uh, uh, they own the ranch through which this stretch of the East Gallatin ran. They, uh, they said, hey, why don't you try this section? Some of our fly fishing guide friends have been bringing you know, clients out here, and there's nobody on it today, but, but this is a pretty good stretch. So uh, that's where I ended up, and uh, wow, it was something else. So what was the fishing like? You catch anything? Yeah, you it's know. it's one thing to have a hatch going on. Yeah, it's oh. one another thing to catch something. Well, it's true, and at first, uh, that was my experience. It was frustrating as usual, and I, uh, I was fishing with uh, size 18, I, just a parachute Adams, and there were fish rising five feet in front of me, and I wasn't spooking them, but nothing was hitting. And then I remember uh, Bob Granger's advice, a uh, uh, guy that was one of my first fly fishing mentors. He said, if, if they're not hitting, go to a different size before trying a different pattern. And, and, I, and I, I know you can put on an actual blue wing olive pattern, but I've always had good success with a parachute Adams. Uh, when, when BWOs are on the water. So uh, I tied on a size 20, and for the next 20 minutes, I just landed one rainbow after another. Wow. And Dave, wow, these, wow. these were all 15 to 18 inches long. And, and this is a, you know, this is a, it's a river. You, you know, you fished it. But it's, it's a small creek. Yeah, it really is. It's a maybe even a me medium sized creek, but it's, you, know, you don't think of it as a, as a river. And, and these were all healthy. Uh, fish and at one point it started snowing again it was all I could do to see my fly in fact I even remembered uh, hooking a couple of uh, foul hooking a couple of trout that, that they were so close that I could see them rise to the side of my fly I knew they didn't miss it they were just going after other uh, other uh, BWOs and wow. uh, I ended up hooking those I mean it was it was a, I had a couple of phenomenal stretches that day. So how did the day end? Well, I had promised my wife that I would be home in time for supper, and then I had a meeting that night. Of course, the problem is, this stretch of river was visible from our picture window, perched on that hill uh, about <laughs> half a mile above it. And I'm driving this little red Toyota pickup, so it was, it was visible, it Busted. was right there. Yeah, no way that... And, and I had a cell phone and no way that I could say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on my way back. <laughs> you know, Priscilla would just say, uh, how come your little red truck is not moving? I see it there. So I, I just remember, though, at the end of the day that there was a longing to stay in that moment. I, I had the sense, or at least I had no choice but to say, okay, I've had a great day. I, 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 I don't need to squeeze any more out of it. And... And as I left, the, the snow turned into rain again. That sounds like a uh, Dan Fogelberg song. Yeah, it does. That, that's, that's the end of the that, snow turned into rain. Exactly. The end of, uh, Old end of a song. Hey, you know what? I was, you know, I digress, <laughs> but I, I was actually at that intersection a few weeks ago. I was in Peoria and, and uh, actually took a picture of the, uh, 
of the, the grocery store where he met his old lover. So, so what was it? Old, how do you say it? Old Lang Syne? Yeah, he called the song Old Lang Syne. You know what's funny about that song? I'm really digressing here. <laughs> but he wrote it at first as, as a joke on a whim. Uh, some of his friends said, hey, you know, wonder if you could write a song based on the overture of 1812. And so that, that the first line, you know, met my old lover in the grocery store. Oh, and, and, and then, yeah, as he played around <laughs> with it, he realized, wow, th this is a song that really is going to, you know, touch some, you know, some people. And, and then, yeah, at the, the end of that song, yeah. And the snow turned into rain. And Thank that, you, Steve. That, 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 was, that was nice, Steve. Yeah, that, that, that was. Hey, it's, you know it's your fault. You, you got me on that rabbit trail. You know trail. this song, by the way? He tapped into something that everybody thinks about. Like you you leave home and you, you know, you're in your 40s or 30s. You come back and you meet somebody you dated, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is probably not a good good moment okay yeah so back back to fly fishing well yeah i mean you asked earlier about the mystique of that day and i, I suppose part of it is that, that i never did have a day quite like like it again on that stretch of river i mean that the conditions were perfect i'd say not only for catching fish but just the whole ambiance just the light and and yeah i you know i fished it and caught fish on it you know, in the three years after that, before I moved away. But it really was a moment when everything came together in one beautiful day. And I, and often I return to that moment in my mind. Well, I think there's several themes that you've talked about here that, man, I think we should probably do a, like an episode on this, but if I could capture, you know, in words, a theme that you've been saying is something to the effect that it's on some days on the river, that there's a mystique that you just can't duplicate, right? Yeah, even if you catch fish again. But you always remember it, and there's something really powerful mm -hmm. about yeah. that memory, right? Yeah. You and I have fished the skeleton with our friend Dave Cumling. Mm -hmm. I remember you we were fishing trichos, remember yeah. that? There was a trico hatch I remember that on. day because you did well, I did not. You know, that was one of those strange days on that river yeah. where I, I just I, I just hit it right. But, you had their number. Yeah. But there was no mystique on that day. It was just a, kind of your regular, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a great so, day on right. the skeleton, but it didn't have that kind of mystique right. that you're mm -hmm. talking about. Yeah. So that's just one of the great gifts of fly fishing. Oh, it's sure why is. I fly fish. Absolutely. Um, some days just have a mystique that burns, that, that, it, that burns into your memory and, and uh, just keeps you longing to fly fish. So, and in the words of Norman McLean, haunted by waters. Oh, so true. Yeah. It's time for great stuff from our listeners. And uh, whether there's a mystique or not here, uh, <laughs> here's, here's a couple good comments on what to wear when you wade. That doesn't sound like mystique, does it? <laughs> Seems pretty uh, tactical. Yeah, that's right. It is. Hey, this is uh, Jim's response. He said, when it's hot enough in the summertime, I'll wear nylon pants with wading boots. And I love felt, but I've switched to rubber with metal studs. And, and of course, we all know that's, that's good for the environment. Uh, Yellowstone National Park now, no more uh, felt in your boots. Anyway, Jim goes on to say, early spring and fall, I've gotten by surprisingly well wearing the same with mid to expedition weight long johns underneath. Uh, you'd be surprised. Wool socks always complete my outfit, no matter what the temperature. So. Uh, those light wool pants and uh, you know some uh, mid to expedition weight long johns and uh, your 
Good uh, to go. You're good to go. Yeah, that's great. And then JC replied and said, you can't store your wallet, car keys, and cell phone in your pants pockets if you are wet waiting. True that. <laughs> yeah, true that. Oh, it is. He then he goes on and says, no, you shouldn't, uh, not can't, take wallet, keys, and phone and pants when wet waiting. But as someone who has slid in while so equipped, it is possible. Does that remind you of anybody, Dave, sliding maybe in? Maybe it does. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't. Oh, man. <laughs> Final thing he says is I still use a vest when waiting wet now. And, and I, I do that, too. Yeah. I just put, uh, I mean, whether you have a vest or a satchel or whatever, just put your stuff in, uh, you know, in, in freezer bags and, yeah. Stuff you'll, them you'll into your fine. vest or into your satchel. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for today. We'd like to hear about a fine day you've had on the river. Please tell us by commenting on this podcast link at twoguysinariver.com what made your fine day so memorable or satisfying or, or maybe a day when you kind of sense that mystique. Thank you for referring our podcast, whether you forward on our email alerts or just mention it to your fly fishing club or uh, TU chapter or to other people. Uh, that is how we have grown and man, we're so grateful for that. And also, keep sending us ideas for podcast episodes. We have used pretty much every one of them, and we have others that we plan or have planned in the future, so keep sending those our way. Also, as we always mentioned, you can still purchase our book, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, Life is Short, Catch More Fish. You can do so on Amazon. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. <laughs> <laughs>